Well, we are, as we, as we get started, we are in a series in Ephesians chapter 6. And it's been so good. Oh, if you have not gotten to hear the last couple of weeks with Pastor Pat and Pastor Lindsay, you've got to hear. Go to our website. Go to YouTube. You've got to go back and, and kind of catch up. But where we start today in Ephesians chapter 6 is in verse 15. I get to talk about shoes, which that's my favorite subject. Out of all the armor of God, shoes is actually my favorite. So I love that, that my week landed on the shoes. But as we're, get, as we're getting started, I would love to just kind of back up and read the whole passage so we have some context for what we're talking about. So let's start right now in Ephesians 6, verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. That kind of means you'll be the last one standing which I love. You are the last man standing. And it says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And that's what Pastor Pat talked about a couple weeks ago. And with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And that's what Pastor Lindsay talked about last week. And now in verse 15, it says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And so let's, let's unpack that today. You know, I, heard, I saw a really good, great quote. I was looking for a quote on shoes. And so I went on to Pinterest and I said, you know, give me a quote on shoes. And I found a really great, great quote that I was, I'm like, I think I'm going to keep this one. This is going to be one of my favorites. And here it is. It says, Cinderella is proof that one good pair of shoes can change your whole life. <laughs> one good pair of shoes can change your whole life. And I know that after our time together this morning, you're gonna agree with that. You might actually take that on your own. I'm actually gonna probably get that in a poster or something. I love that. One good pair of shoes can change your whole life. Now, as we think about Ephesians 6, you know, they're kind of given some, some armor. Paul is, the apostle Paul is in prison. For the most part, he's chained to a guard. And he's facing a little bit of warfare on his own. But in regards to spiritual warfare, the one part that I do want to make note of in Ephesians chapter 6 prior to verse 15 is this passage that says, it's in verse 12, and it says that our struggle is in the heavenly realms. So our struggle is a spiritual struggle. And we've been talking about that for a couple weeks, so I don't need to go into that. But our we are spiritual beings, and our struggle is with a spiritual enemy, and our struggle is in spiritual realms. However, God can sometimes use the physical circumstances of our life as a spiritual, I mean, not God, sorry. The enemy can sometimes use the physical circumstances of our life as a spiritual battleground. So I'm going to say that again. It is the physical circumstances of our life that the enemy will use as a spiritual battleground. 
He is a defeated enemy, so he doesn't get us and he doesn't get our eternity, but he is fighting for ground. He is fighting for territory. And so the physical circumstances of our life actually become an opportunity for him to wage a spiritual war. So it's not that we're just all heavenly minded. I'm just in the spiritual, I'm just in the spiritual war. I'm just in a spiritual war. We have to understand that those physical circumstances can sometimes make us vulnerable to a spiritual attack. And I think some of us might actually be feeling a little like Cinderella lately because we have some physical circumstances going on in our lives. I bet some people are feeling a little pent up. <laughs> I, bet, <laughs> I bet they're a little worried about their future, right? They're just, they're just in the house. You know, she, she was pent up in a little room. She was very misunderstood. She was very undiscovered. She was not being treated well. Can you relate? You know, I mean, I mean, some of us can actually relate to a little bit of Cinderella syndrome. It's that inner princess, but oh, there's a pair of shoes coming. Now, Paul, he's writing from a prison. He's chained to a guard. He is not just writing like, hey, guys, I got this good thought. You know, I was thinking about spiritual warfare, and I think it might be like this. Now, see, Paul is writing out of his personal now experience. He was chained up. He was feeling pent up. He was being, he was being, uh, he was, he was being abused. He was being tortured. He was chained to a guard and yet he was staying on mission. His physical circumstances were not getting him off mission, right? So he's writing these letters. He wrote a good amount of letters to the churches during the time when he was in prison. So even though the enemy would have loved to have used his physical circumstances to take him out of the game, to distract him, he was not going to have it. He stayed on mission. Now, can't you just imagine? Because So here's how I think about this scene with Paul being kind of tied or chained or handcuffed to a guard and writing Ephesians 6. So they're both sitting on the ground and you have this Roman centurion and he's in all his garb, right? And you can you see Paul just sitting next to him going, hey, you know, I was thinking about your belt. You know, your, you know the kingdom of God is a little like your belt, you know, and you can hear the guard going, okay, yeah, you know, and he's like, you know, I was thinking about that breastplate that you wear. You know that. You know, the kingdom of God is a little about your breastplate right there. You know, and then he can go on to explain that. And then at some point he's like, I was thinking about those shoes. And you could just hear the guy, okay, like I'm thinking about your shield. I'm thinking about your helmet. I'm thinking, can you stop staring at me? Can you stop saying words? I 100% believe that that guard made it to heaven. I 100% believe that you cannot be chained to a man like Paul who is constantly going to look around him and have everything, everything point to Jesus, right? And so he's just pointing out all the different articles of clothing he's wearing, and he's allowing the Lord to speak to him through his circumstances, right? You are a prisoner. However, you see those, that pair of shoes right there? There's a message in that pair of shoes right now. I want to ask you today, what is the message in, this, in your life circumstances right now? Because there is a message that points to Jesus in your life circumstances. So obviously, this was a moment where Paul was contemplating shoes and how, this, how what he is seeing and doing and experiencing can be of value to the churches. So let's talk about those shoes, those Roman shoes. I learned a lot about Roman shoes as I was getting ready for this message. So the Romans were 
famous during that time. They were a formidable army. They were famous for a couple things. One of them was that they, had, they could move great distances faster than any other army. So prior to, um, an enemy might find out that they were on their way and then all of a sudden they were there. They were incredible in hand-to-hand -hand combat, but they had done a lot of work and innovation on their shoes. The shoes were called Kaliga. And actually, the soldiers were called the Kaligate or sandaled ones. So out of all the armor that they wore, their name actually came from their shoes because their shoes were so important. They were these kind of hobnailed, heavy-soled sandals that kind of laced all the way up. And, and the difference between them and maybe some of the shoes that people had worn before was they were not heavy, they were not burdensome. They, they had these little spike things on the bottom of them, and so they were able to kind of dig in. And remember, it's hand-to-hand -hand combat, so if you can dig in, if you can anchor yourself, you're going to actually, you know, ha you're going you're gonna to actually have a leg up on your opponent as you get into those close hand-to-hand -hand combat situations. And so, and then they had these tough souls, but they were also, they, they had it, they were able to keep the soldier very agile and moving quickly. So these very thick souls also protected them. So, because what they used to do was plant wooden spikes in the battlefields. So if you were walking along and you stepped on this spike and it injured your foot, your time is up. Because if you go down, it's over for you. And so they, they, they had a really huge investment in keeping their soldiers planted, on foot, stable. So there was two things, and there's actually two things that our feet do, right? Our feet provide stability and mobility. Right? Those two things. And we're going to take a look at those two things today. Stability, meaning that they anchor us, right? And the sandals actually protected the soldier, right? The second thing, mobility, they were undistracted and unhindered, right? So the sandals that you put on the feet kept them undistracted and unhindered. What does that mean, undistracted? Well, have you ever wore the wrong pair of shoes to a place? Someone could be talking to you and you were like, I'm smiling, but all I can think about is my feet. And I don't know about you, but have you ever walked around a theme park, maybe the one where Cinderella lives, and you see someone walking around in heels? And you're like, what are you thinking? Like, you got up in the morning and you thought, I'm going to walk about seven miles chasing my three-year-old today. I think I'll wear the red pumps. And you're just like, I don't think that's a healthy choice, right? So, so you're, you're distracted, right? And sometimes it hinders you. So how many of you, well... I don't know. How, if you've ever worn a pair of spiky heels to a wedding on a grass lawn, you know, you're walking, you're like on the so So the wrong pair of shoes can 100%. We're going to talk a little bit about the wrong pair of shoes in, in a few minutes. But so you can be hindered and you can be distracted. So this makes me think there was a, there was a story because, you know, I love to tell stories. Actually, I almost called this message what I learned about the gospel shoes from children. Because I got three stories to tell you today, all about children and all the lessons I learned about shoes. So I was, I was doing some mission work in Cambodia. And one of the days we got up and we were going to go to this big dump where a lot of families were living and they were needing help. There were some children there that had some injuries on their feet. So we had medical people with us. So we went, we took a bus out there and 
wow, you pull up and you go, this is, you know, a really big, big mountain of garbage. And I took the job of, I'm going to go just tent to tent, because they just live in these tents. It's steaming hot. The, they live in these tents. They eat, the, they eat garbage. They sort through the garbage, and that's what they eat. And so I said, I'll go house to house, and I'll go. I want to witness. I want to pray, and I want to invite people, and I want to check out the little kids, and I want to see if they need to come and get their feet washed and, and get their, you know, their uh, wounds attended to. So I started to walk into the, into the little village, into the dump. And as I'm walking, I start to sink. I'm sinking at least a foot into the garbage. And my foot takes a step, and I'm sinking. And, and, and you know, we were told to wear um, rough-soled shoes. So I had a pair of, like, my running shoes on. And I, and, and I ended up, I took out my phone, and I started taping. And I listened to it the other day, and I thought, oh, my gosh. I was so distracted because I'm walking around, and I go, I'm trying to go house to house, but I'm literally sinking in the garbage. Oh, my gosh. Okay, what am I going to step on? Oh, my gosh, what was that? Oh, that touched my skin. And you can hear me talking to myself. And we're wearing masks, but you can hear me talking to myself, and I'm so distracted, and I'm so hindered, and I really wanted to go and just, you know what, my, my goal when I got off the bus was to, I was so excited to go door to door, I was going to pray for people, I had an interpreter, I was going to share the gospel, I was going to get the kids to come out, we were going to wash feet, clean wounds, and all I could think about was my feet in that pile of garbage. And short af shortly after that, a little one comes along. I don't know how old he was, but he wants to walk with me. And I look down, and he's barefoot. And he's walking in this trash, and there's glass, and there's metal, and there's stuff in there, and his feet were cut. And, and there was wounds, and he followed me around most of the day. And I just kept thinking, one of the lessons that I learned was that feet are important. Because a foot wound on a child like that could actually take their life in a land where there isn't good or any medical care. Feet are really important. By the end of that trip, it was really super cute because there was a team of about 25 people. And when the bus pulled away, none of us had shoes. You looked out the window as I was going and there was that little guy wearing my shoes that were two sizes too big, waving. And I thought, you know, that pair of shoes changed his life. One pair of shoes can change your life. We left barefoot, and they got shoes, and that was awesome. So what are we supposed to do? In Ephesians 6, verse 15, it says that we should have our feet fitted with the gospel or with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Let's talk about that word fitted. In other versions and other translations, it actually says, have your feet shod. And I said this to my husband, Mike, the other day. I said, your feet can be shod. He goes, what's shod? What is that? I go, well, shod isn't necessarily a word that we use right now. I can, I can tell you what the definition of it. Shod means to, furnish, to be furnished or equipped with a shoe to bind. So equestrians will still use this term where they shod a horseshoe on a horse. So there's a deeper meaning than just put your shoes on. There is, the, the, the connotation here is that like that horseshoe is actually bound to the bottom of the foot of the horse. So it's, it's, it becomes a permanent part of the foot. So it's not a thing, it's a horseshoe, not a slip-on. Right? So see, I got these slip-on. I can come in and out of my shoes as I want. It's a horseshoe, not a slip-on. 
So this is a constant state, that you are to have a constant state of protection on your feet, those, the mechanism that you have that keeps you stable and mobile, right? So it's a horseshoe, not a slip-on. Now, if you have toddlers around, you understand the value of keep your shoes on. Well, I'm actually looking at one of my favorite little ones right here in the front row, and the child never has shoes on. <laughs> and in fact, she doesn't have shoes on, and I love her so much. I'm like, oh, here she comes. So I have, and you know I got to talk about my grandchildren, because just like you can't get five feet from me and without looking at pictures of them, it's just shameless. I... I got grandchildren stories because this is about what I learned about the gospel shoes from children. So I have two granddaughters, I have four grandchildren, but two granddaughters that are, you know, kind of toddler age, little over two, little under two. And they were at my house for a couple days last week. And here's the thing. You know, a toddler can't get their shoes on. They can't put on their own shoes. But I am baffled at how in 0.5 seconds they can take them off. Right? They can't dress themselves, but if you turn around, they're naked. And you're like, how is that even possible? If you've been around toddlers, you know that's the truth. And so I got my little Betsy and my little Marley, and they're coming in and out of my house, in and out of my house. Nana, outside. Okay, where's your shoes? And so we get the shoes on, we go outside, we come back in, and about 10 minutes later, Nana, outside. Let's go see the chickens. Our neighbors have chickens, and okay. Where's your shoes? And one of them, my little Marley, she is that barefoot child. And so it was always, my, Marley, where's your shoes? <laughs> let's find your shoes. Okay, let's sit down. It took, we were not ready to go anywhere ever because we could not find the shoes. And let's put our shoes on. So the, la the second lesson, besides feet are important, that I learned is keep your shoes on. If you're going to be ready, you need to keep your shoes on. And this passage is saying, hey, don't take your shoes on enough. Keep your shoes on. It's a really important lesson in the shoes of the gospel. So what actually are the shoes? Because the shoes are, are actually something, as it is explained in this passage. It says that you should ke keep your feet fitted with the readiness or the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, theologians have a really hard time with this passage. It's just a sentence, but grammatically, it can be read a bunch of different ways. So it can be like, hey, your shoes are peace. But actually, what it says is your shoes are the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So the shoes are the readiness. What does that actually mean, the readiness? So readiness is a preparedness or state of mind I'm just going to call it a mindset. Your shoes are the mindset or your belief system. It's an establishment or a foundation. Your shoes are foundation, foundationally what you believe. That is what your shoes are. So here's another story. I like to tell stories. How the grandbaby Betsy, she's been calling. She doesn't live close. So I said, when you come to Nana's house... We're going to go to the ocean. And so she's been waiting all through this COVID thing. You know, she's just over two. So last year was not. She, though The beach was just sand in places that made her uncomfortable. Get it out of my eyes. And so we get up in the morning. It's like 730. And we go down. And we're walking. We hit Carlsbad. We're going down the steps. And I don't know if you got surfers here, but the surf was 
ridiculous last weekend. It was big. It was big surf and it was high tide. And so when we hit those stairs, you know, she has me. And then all of a sudden you feel the, you know, that, that grip that just goes on. And she's looking at the ocean and the waves are just crashing. And I say to her, honey, I said, honey, um, it's okay. We're going to go down and Nana's going to, Nana's got you. I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to put our feet in the sand but we don't have to go in the water. We don't have to go near the water. And so we're walking down the, the stairs, and at some point, just before we get to the bottom, and those waves are crashing, and she's got a hold of me, and I can see her just you know, looking back, looking at me, looking back, looking at me. And at some point, she says to me, Nana, I know afraid. I said, what? She said, I know afraid. And I said, okay, well, Nana's not afraid either, so let's go put our feet in the sand and see what happens. So we go down. We put our feet in the sand and we walk out. You know how you do when you got a little one and you walk out to just beyond where that wave comes. And you know, we kind of start to do this. And I got her by the hand and I said, you wanna, you wanna put your feet in the water? Yeah, and I said, okay, well, here's what we're gonna do. Nana's gonna hold your hand. And when the wave goes out, we're gonna walk forward and we're gonna hold there. We're gonna get ready and then the wave's gonna come. So we take a few steps out and the water comes, the wave crashes right in front of us. And I thought she's gonna be so scared. She's got my hand, she's got that death grip. And the water comes up and just before it gets up to us, I go, run! So I turn around and I got her by the hand and we run and our feet kind of hit the water and she looks at me and she says, Nana, more ready, more ready. So pretty soon, after about 4,000 times of that, we are literally following the wave all the way out and it is crashing right in front of us and we are going, ready! And she's got my hand and part of her readiness was that she was anchored to my hand and at some point, we're running and the water's splashing. Now, you would never let a two-year-old get that far out in front of a wave. That would be super dangerous, but I had her. So she was able to do much more than she could without me. But here's the thing. She is no afraid <laughs> because of what she believed about me. She is no afraid because she believed that her Nana, her Nana's going to beat that wave up if it hurts her. So her Nana loves her. Her Nana lives to keep her safe because I'm constantly saying, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful, get your shoes on. And so we spent, oh my gosh, it was so fun. We, she was wet and she did so much more than I know she could have done on her, on her own. But her readiness her readiness, her state of mind, her state of being, her posture was built upon and influenced by what she believed about me. And so if you can think about your shoes, your ability to be stable and your ability to be mobile are greatly influenced by what you believe. Now, the shoes of the gospel the shoes were supposed to be fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. So there is a particular readiness that Paul is saying. Because, you know, you can be fitted with readiness of a lot of things. If you are living in a gospel of fear, you're going to be ready for something. If you are living in a gospel of lack... Your state of mind or your mental being is going to be very different than if you are living in a gospel of peace, right? And when the time comes to be generous, you have a, a mindset of lack. You're not going to actually be able to do what you're called to do, right? So there's a lot of 
There's a lot of gospels. There's a lot of things that we could live by that create a readiness or a mindset in us. But this passage is saying that it's the gospel of peace that actually is the mindset that helps us stay stable and helps us be mobile. Gospel of peace. Let's take a look at that. So I'm going to read, let's see, I'll read Colossians 1, starting in verse 19. So this this says, for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So all things are reconciled. All things, whether on earth, physical things, or in heaven, spiritual things, right? All things were reconciled, and we have peace. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. You had a mindset that was you were, you were enemies with God. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So this is the gospel of peace, that once you were enemies, but now you have been reconciled, you are holy, you are blameless, no one can accuse you, not even the enemy. He is a defeated enemy, he can't have you. You are 100% perfectly at peace with God. And as you center yourself in that, it creates a mindset that you will now respond to the physical circumstances of life with. So when something comes at you, your first response isn't to go, oh, there's lack I can't give. Oh, there's fear. I got to run. I got to protect myself. You're, when you're on the gospel of peace, you are at peace with God, and you say to the enemy, you know, this is a physical circumstance that I actually am not really happy about, but I'm at peace. I'm on mission. You're not going to deter me. You're not going to get this ground. I'm anchored. It becomes your center of gravity. You know, I don't know if you've ever played any sports, but there's a huge thing about, like, you got to find that center of gravity. Like, you got to be solid where you're at. Well, that knowledge about our peace through Jesus Christ becomes our center of gravity. It centers us in life. It creates a belief system that it influences all of our behavior. So if you're feeling a little unsettled, if you're feeling anxious, if you're if you're if you're if your first response to everything that's going on right now is not peace, is not confidence, is not stay on mission, then we need to go back and we need to start centering ourselves in this truth. And Paul, sitting in a prison, is saying, hey guys, walk a mile in my shoes. This is actually how I do it. So he's actually speaking from experience, and it's a good word. So this state of mind is a couple things. First of all, it is peace with God. Yeah. We are at peace with God, 100%. The second thing is that we have the peace of God. Yeah. So it's actually, we are at peace with God and we have the peace of God. We actually carry it. It's actually a state of mind that we have that we can actually impart the peace of God. You know how Jesus said to the storm, peace. It was an impartation. After he died, he walked into a room full of anxious disciples, and he said, peace be with you. So he imparted this peace. And the third thing that we have is peace with each other. I'm going to read this to you. 
Ephesians 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near in the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down the dividing wall of hostility and might reconcile us both to, to God in one body through the cross, thereby bringing, bringing hostility to an end. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to you who were near. And he's talking about people groups there. You were once in hostility, but now you are one. Because the gospel of peace is at peace with God, at peace with each other, and carrying peace. And Paul is encouraging us to stay on mission. We have the peace of God. Whoa, that's a magnet. We have the peace of God. And mission, as, as the enemy tries to distract us by our life circumstances, to take us out of the game, to get us focused on, on the, the war zone that's going on, he's a defeated enemy. Paul is saying, anchor yourself over here in peace and respond that way and stay on mission. Let me just tell you, one of the statistics that, that just lights a fire in my heart because every single day, you would not necessarily every day see a statistic about how many people have died. And it's kind of a hard thing to read. Because I would venture to say that before this year, you probably, maybe once a year, you looked at a statistic where it told you how many people had died. But every day, you're looking at a statistic talking about how many people have died. One statistic is 550,000, ju just, from, just from COVID. There's all other statistics too, that's just one. And you have to think, what decision did they make about their eternity? Half a million people, they had to make a decision about their eternity. What decision did they make? Do I have time to be concerning myself with the circumstances over here? Or do I carry a gospel of peace that can help someone make a different decision about their eternity. Because I want to tell you, every single person on this planet will make a decision about their eternity. Every single person. If you decide nothing, that is your decision. Every single person will make a decision about their eternity. This is why... The shoes are my most favorite part of the armor because deep in my heart, that lights a fire in me. I want to help you make a decision on your eternity. I want to, I want to in gentleness and in kindness and in relationship with you, engage in the conversation with you so that when you, it comes time for you to make a decision about your eternity, you have what you need to do that. Because the word of God never returns void and it always accomplishes what it is sent forth to do. And as I go to you with the word of God, I know that it will accomplish what it is sent forth to do. So who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to bring what I carry in the gospel of peace? So we got to stay on mission. I'm going to read Romans 10, verse 14 and 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how then shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they aren't, unless they aren't sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. How beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news. The gospel of peace. And if you can anchor yourself and center yourself and create a mindset or a belief system where you are confident that God has provided all the peace that you need and all the peace that the people in your life need, and you know you carry this, then you are going to walk confidently within your shoes, in your right shoes, stable, mobile, and you're going to carry that gospel into the world, which, by the way, is what you were created to do. One good pair of shoes can change your whole life. Cinderella had it right. She had it right. So in the physical circumstances of your day-to-day, -day, I just want to speak to that. Because I'm not going to stand up here and say it's easy. Because it's not. Because every single day we wake up and it feels like we face a new challenge. And I said this to somebody the other day. I said, I am, I am a woman who loves a good challenge, but every single day it's a different one. And it is more important than ever that I stay centered and grounded in the peace that Jesus gives me. That I remind myself every day what my mission is. Every single day what my mission is. I was created to help people make decisions about their eternity. I was created to be in perfect relationship with the Father and then to go help other people do it. I was created to proclaim the gospel of peace to a lost and dying world. That's what I was created to do. Every day I have to remind myself to stay on mission because there are things that are hard. And some of those things are really big things. Husband lost his job or, you know, I lost my grandma last week. I lost my grandma last week. Some of those things are hard. And some of those things are small. They're like stepping on a little pebble that hurts because I can't see my grandbabies for eight weeks. So some of those things are small, and some of those things are big. But either way, I know that I need to cover these feet. I know that I need to get the right shoes on. I know that I need to stay on mission because that's the only place where I have peace. And so I want to encourage you today. <laughs> Put your shoes on because your feet are important. Put the right shoes on and keep them on because we have to be ready to move right now. There's a huge opportunity to tell people about Jesus. So if today, I just don't ever like to finish a message without giving you an opportunity to make a decision about your eternity. If you're watching, if you're in the room, you're gonna make a decision about your eternity. And if where you sit right now, you're feeling like there is a lack of peace, you can have peace. It's really simple. 
you have Jesus, it all comes with the territory. So we would like to pray with you. Today you can receive Jesus. Today you can be at peace. You can be at peace with God. You can carry peace and you can be at peace with others. Today you can make that decision. So we'd like to pray with you. If you can text Jesus 111, we have people available to talk with you and pray with you. And if you need prayer, maybe you've already accepted Jesus as your savior, but you've gotten off mission a little bit. You're literally wearing the wrong shoes, or maybe you're looking down and you're going, oh shoot, I'm barefoot and the enemy is having a heyday in my physical circumstances. Then I'm gonna pray for you right now. And if you need prayer, you can always text PRAY111 to 94090, because there's also people ready to pray for you. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your peace, God. We thank you that you did all the work. <laughs> we thank you that the enemy is defeated. And he can't have the ground that we stand on. And we press into the mindset and the belief system of peace. God, and we say that all things were taken care of. That we need not worry, God, that we stand complete in you and in perfect right relationship just as you create us to be. And God, I pray for those people right now who do have physical circumstances in their life that are challenging. God, I ask for peace. I speak peace over those circumstances. I speak peace over the, the people in their life. I speak, God, I speak your supernatural peace that passes all understanding. God, we thank you that you've given us armor to wear in tough times. And so we put it on and we keep it on, God. And we look to you because you're where our help comes from. I thank you so much in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Well, hey, God bless you today.